Nothing on the Bonnell Foundation's Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast should be considered medical advice. Medical advice can only come from your CF physician. Cystic fibrosis can be a devastating diagnosis, but living with the disease can bring positivity and a new appreciation for each day. From the Bonnell Foundation in Detroit, Michigan, it's the Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast, sponsored by Beatrice, Genentech, and Vertex. Here's your host, Laura Bonnell. Dr. John Schuen is the Division Chief of Pediatric Aerodigestive Specialties at Helen DeVos Hospital in Grand Rapids. He is also the Director of the CF Care Center, and we're talking to Dr. John Schuen to discuss all that they have going on for CF patients in Grand Rapids and why he decided to become a CF doctor. He is a specialist in so many areas in addition to CF in sleep medicine as well. And he talks about why he decided specifically to become a CF doctor and what drew him in. And I wanted to do this podcast to highlight all the things that Dr. Schuin does and that Dr. Susan Lillard is doing and Dr. Zia Hernandez. There are so many great things happening at that clinic. So it's wonderful to talk to them and be able to highlight all that's going on over at Helen DeVos Children's Hospital. Without further ado, let's go and talk with John. Dr. John Schuin, thank you for doing this Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast with us. I really wanted to feature more of the CF docs in the Grand Rapids area because Dr. Susan Ballard is on her advisory council And for so many reasons, we're just one big CF community here in Michigan and across the country. So it was really important to kind of highlight what you're doing there in Grand Rapids. So thank you and welcome. Well, thanks so much. It's great to be here. And well wishes from West Michigan and Grand Rapids. Thank you. I guess the first thing that you can do is tell us, you know, about how many patients you have and how many CF doctors are at the Helen DeVos Children's Hospital. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So here at our nationally accredited CF Care Center at Helen DeVos and Corwell Health, we have about 160 plus pediatric patients and then have over 200 in our adult CF Care Center. So our data uh, really reflects the national norms where now, there are more adults than kids with CF. And that is a fabulous statistic uh, for us all to celebrate. You know, I've sort of thought about this, but never really got any specific answers just because I didn't ask. But are there parts of Michigan that have more CF patients or does it just depend on where people want to drive to? Or It's mostly dependent upon density, population density. So most of us realize that the best care occurs at a nationally accredited CF care center. And so we're blessed and uh, privileged to provide that care for our patients, uh, education for the next generation of physicians with pediatric residents, with pediatric pulmonary fellows. So the next generation of lung specialists for children, along with research uh, when it comes to uh, basic science translational, and then clinical trials that directly impact our CF family. So we're a CF TDN site 
of which there are only a handful even in Michigan and across the country. That's a subset of CF care centers who are dedicated to and conduct a large number of clinical trials in coordination with the CF care center in Seattle. They're the coordinating center for the nation. We really loved your clinic there. Oh, thanks. We visited the adult clinic when my daughter was at Michigan State University. It was wonderful. All the staff, everybody, they were just fabulous. So I found out firsthand how wonderful of a job that you do over there. And oh, um, it was you. great. It was great to visit. So you are working with a lot of CF families. And we visited there recently as well because we did donate some self-care baskets from the Bonnell Foundation. Yes. People are admitted to the hospital. So that's another reason why we were also recently there. Tell us how your CF population is doing and kind of what your hope is for the future for patients with cystic fibrosis. Well, as you might guess, our CF families have really benefited by the four CFTR modulators. Now, really, you know, that's been a huge improvement and really catapulted the health and wellness of our young people with CF tremendously in a very short period of time, the shortest period of time that we've seen. But even before that, our CF team here at Helen DeVos and our adult counterparts really were doing fabulous work with quality improvement, process improvement. And so it's been tremendous work with the support of a lot of team and the family. So we're blessed to have a family advisory council here. And the pediatric site is actually part of CFLN, which stands for Cystic Fibrosis Learning Network. So that's, again, another subset of care centers around the country who are devoted to advanced quality improvement, process improvement techniques. Because if we can help to apply science to improving the care of therapies that we already know about, then as a CFLN team, uh, we hope to be able to share that with the national network. So we're pleased to be part of their team. And again, it's not one person, it's a team that really makes this uh, go and do so so successfully. And can you explain what the CF Learning Network is and a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's a group of uh, care centers who have a lots of experience in quality improvement and process improvement. And so they have to apply. It's a competitive application. We were one of the first waves uh, to be admitted. So they get together weekly and every other week and then, then once a month to talk about and to actually launch a quality improvement projects. So take, for example, improving the vaccination rate of influenza every fall, right? It's important to get your flu shot. And yet often people have a lot of uh, myths out there about what the benefits are and what the risks are. And so nationwide, these are issues that everybody contends with, not just in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but in LA and Baltimore, in Orlando, Florida. And so we put our heads together as a group and come up with ideas, suggestions, actually algorithms and fancy process improvement charts where we can apply 
different ideas, concepts to help move the needle in care. And so that's just one example of a lot of other projects that are ongoing in RCF Care Center and within the CFLN. So uh, home spirometry is another one where we are working with families to educate them on what home spirometry is, the value, how that can improve early detection of lung infections, and then speed the recovery of someone who is becoming ill or having a pulmonary exacerbation, a lung infection due to their CF. And all those things can help us help them. And so that's the ultimate goal, improve the quality of care. And with that group of care centers around the country, we're uh, doing just that. It's pretty, it is, it's it, a lot of fun. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I wanted to back up just a little bit. Tell us huh? about you. Tell us about, you know, how you decided to work on cystic fibrosis and work with CF patients. I just am curious as to how you got here. Yeah. Well, so I'm a pediatric pulmonary and sleep medicine physician. And so I grew up in the West Michigan area and then went off to uh, residency at the Cleveland Clinic and then a fellowship in Pease Pulmonary and Sleep at Johns Hopkins. And when I was looking for a place to uh, build a professional career, it seemed like there was tremendous opportunity in West Michigan. Uh, and so there was already a CF care center that uh, needed additional pediatric pulmonologists. And so I jumped in and I've been here since then, back in the 1990s. And so my interest in CF really started with my CF care center experience at Johns Hopkins. They were making real progress at Johns Hopkins. And one of my fellowship projects way back when was the beginnings of gene therapy, which, as we all know, didn't go very far in the 1990s uh, for reasons that will take way longer than we have time during this podcast. But suffice it to say, it was still great work. And that stimulated my interest in uh, taking care of this population that we knew that we could make improvements over time. And so whether it be by just encouraging people to do their chest PT, to exercise, to help to bolster and improve their body mass index, you know, their nutritional status. Uh, and then, of course, apply the well-worn and some state-of-the-art therapies at the time, pulmozyme, hypercell, you know, hypertonic saline, uh, azithromycin. All those things were just going through clinical trials. And that got me excited that we could make a difference, that we could help these young people live longer, live better, uh, go on to not just survive adulthood, but to thrive, to thrive just like everybody else, to have a career and a family and look towards retirement. All the things that those of us who don't have CF just assume. We wanted to, I wanted to make this happen. And so uh, here we are in 2023 with some really good stories about how personalized therapy has transformed the landscape of CF. Absolutely. And what have you maybe enjoyed seeing the most or been most impressed with since you got into this CF community and now here we are with, you know, CF modulators? Yeah. I think what I like, even back in the 1990s where we didn't have all the bells and whistles, what uh, drew me to CF was the resilience and the toughness of the families, families that really were willing, able, and motivated to roll up their sleeves and work 
to work with our team, to work at home, because as our audience knows, to be successful with CF means a whole lot of work. Success is really, even before modulators, was really something that we were seeing increasingly and in larger numbers. But it came at the cost of a tremendous amount of work every single day. Now, we're happy to see CFTR modulators that not only are improving the health and wellness of you know 90 plus percent of our CF families, and it's not just people who have severe lung disease uh, or moderate lung disease, it's people who have hardly any lung disease at all, or maybe not even the tiniest bit of bronchiectasis. You know, that's our goal for this next generation to prevent any lung disease so that our next generation will have the same lifespan as the rest of the U.S. population. And that's exciting, very exciting. And, you know, and exciting for parents who today have children born with CF. There's so much hope now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, even in the 1990s, I would tell parents that, look, you need to raise your child assuming that they're going to graduate from high school, they're going to go to college or a trade or out into the workplace and have a great adult life. Between now and then, there's going to be a heck of a lot of work, but we're going to get you through it. And uh, one of our recent uh, graduates' parents shared that very story with me. You know, 18 years later, uh, he said, you know, that gave me more hope than you realized at the time. And I think it is messages like that. And we had good tools back then, you know, 18, 20 years ago. They just don't compare to what we're able to deliver now with the modulators. Yeah. And talking about some other things that you do, what is the Therapeutic Development Network? Oh. I think you touched on that a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. The TDN or the Therapeutic Development Network is another subset of care centers that conduct Lots of clinical trials, meaning instead of having to go to uh, Chicago, New York, Baltimore, LA to get the latest and greatest therapies, we can actually deliver those right here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And so the CFF uh, realized this 20 plus years ago that just a handful of centers could never conduct the size and sophistication of studies to be able to really move the needle on breaking developments, and new therapies. And so throughout the nation, our center applied for and uh, received the competitive application and grants. Dr. Millard, who you mentioned earlier as one of the board of directors, is our TDN director, and she helps conduct, add more, and work on clinical trials so that our families can stay right where they are and get the latest and greatest science. And I've been mispronouncing her name all these years, apparently. Is it Millard? Dr. Millard? It's Millard. Yeah. I and always so, say Millard. So oh, sorry, oh, that's okay. Susan. <laughs> well, you know, she, she says that if you go back in their family's history, they pronounced it about five different ways. So you're... Wow. Okay. So good. I'm like family then. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to touch on was... You know, the Hispanic community, we're talking a lot about mm. people of color who are underdiagnosed. And I did talk to Dr. Zia Hernandez. Yes. Um, and she's doing great work, too. Can you tell us about how you're helping that CF community population? Yeah, I think it's very important that we identify and treat 
our black and brown brothers and sisters uh, here in West Michigan. And so one, we have a robust surveillance program. We want to detect our young people of all genders and races early. And so we're very aggressive about testing everybody, not just the Caucasian population for CF, because we know that regardless of where in the world you come from, there is going to be CF in every corner of the globe. And so one, surveillance and detection is huge. And then being aggressive about understanding what their genes are so that in those young people, we can apply a modulator therapy where we're able, or that we can help them find clinical trials if they're not available in our area so that we can advance their health and wellness. And so that's one of the benefits of being a TDN partner is that we're able to refer families, individuals to distant sites, you know, to Atlanta, Georgia, if there is a brand new clinical trial that we are not offering. And so it's that close-knit network is helpful in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think it's so important because the people that I've talked to in the Hispanic community don't have even access to information to find out if perhaps their child uh, has CF. So we're doing more, but we need to keep getting better because I think our numbers will increase so much once we really are able to reach that population. Do you think so? Oh, absolutely. You're absolutely right. I think in many cases, you said it, we don't know what we don't know. Our families can't advocate for their children if they don't know the signs and symptoms of what CF could be. And so we're happy to take any and all comers who are coming with chronic respiratory symptoms because we'll screen them to determine if they need a sweat chloride or further genetic testing to see if they have CF. And so Dr. Zia Hernandez, which you spoke with uh, already on a previous podcast, has been a staunch advocate for that and has made some real progress in West Michigan at getting the word out. I agree. She's terrific. The other thing you were going to tell us about, too, is the CF Translational Research Program that you have. Yeah. Yeah. We've been blessed. Uh, thanks to Michigan State University, along with what used to be called Spectrum Health, now Corwell Health, they got together years ago, about circa 2016, and, and said, you know, we're looking to fund creative startup projects. And so the care center from MSU, our care center here in Grand Rapids, and then some basic science labs, both here in Grand Rapids and at MSU, all got together and put together a proposal, which then in 2018 became a funding reality. So they funded the CFTRP. So we hired a basic scientist physician who resides here in Grand Rapids. And then we really shepherded other CF experts on both campuses, both the MSU campus here in Grand Rapids, the MSU campus in Lansing, and then our basic science team here at Corwell Health. And all those work together to talk about and to effectuate basic science research. Because as we know, basic science is the gateway to new discoveries, new understanding that we can then build clinical trials. And so we're doing that very thing right here between Lansing and Grand Rapids. And it's been 
a really fun experience to work with PhD scientists, and they've enjoyed working with us. So Dr. Rob Quinn from MSU, Dr. Xiaoping Li from here in Grand Rapids, Dr. Jeremy Prokoff from here at Corwell Health, all work together regularly to peel back the science so that we can then make the next great leap in scientific discovery. And so already this group has already garnered two NIH grants, uh, which, as you may know, are really, really competitive nationwide. They're hard to get. And our team has gotten two of them. So it's very exciting to see that spring up. And we hope that from that, we'll see more clinical uh, trials in the future that will more directly benefit our families. You know, and I have to give a shout out to one of our major funding partners, the Hunt for a Cure. Uh, as Pete I know, Adlin. Yes, yes, that's yes. Pete. We love Pete. Yes, yes, ex- yes we do. Uh, we do here. They do in Lansing and MSU. And uh, he's been a longtime supporter of basic science strategies. And so when he heard about its alliance proposal, because it's mm-hmm. an alliance of MSU, Coa Health, and others. And who was that crucial other? It was none other than Pete Odlin and the group at Hunt for a Cure. And so they donated uh, a huge amount of support, half a million dollars of support to help launch and maintain what is now monthly meetings and multiple abstracts and submissions and NIH grants. And it all started from just an idea and a concept not too long ago. Yeah, he's terrific. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up because we definitely need him and he's done so much. It's wonderful. Yeah, the ZFTRP wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for uh, Pete and him for a cure. It was all three of those groups that got together, collaborated to make something bigger than themselves, which I, I think that is just a moniker of success within the CF community. You see this over and over and over that people just put their own needs, wants, desires aside and just focus on the CF population and amazing things happen. Yeah, I think that there's no competition in the CF community as far as so-and-so can help, anybody can help, everybody jumps in. Everybody's on board is what I'm saying. And I think it's such a beautiful and unique thing. Sadly, um, every organization or group or disease doesn't necessarily have that. And I think we thrive with generosity of knowledge and people in any direction necessary. Yes and yes, Laura. Both those things are true. I I think we've been blessed with a brilliant, genius structure in what has been the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. You know, dating back to the Bob Bell era, uh, which really set a robust foundation for where we are right now, where they were looking at every level of discovery, science, clinical applications. And that foundation took us to the TDN sites, to basic science labs and repositories all over the country. And it's that forward thinking way back then in the the 1970s and 80s and 90s that has brought us here today. And it's true. So I I just uh, rolled off the center committee of the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, where we establish policy national policy for the CF care centers and site visit all the CF 
centers across the country. And Bruce Marshall and the leadership is routinely asked by other disciplines, but people with emphysema, uh, neuromuscular disease, to find out how in the world the CFF has done what they've been able to do. Because there's really nothing else quite like it. Right. Uh, and I and think, so- too, I have to say, being a parent, a CF parent, it is. it started with CF parents. Yes. It, that the, the CF Foundation and yep. really all of us in different ways because you had to find something to keep your kids alive. Yep. So that's a great, really motivator, right? To say the least. Precisely. Um, yeah. Well, and it's that collaboration that continues to today. As you know, the chairperson of uh, the board of the CFF is a CF adult. And in pretty much every CF care center and within the structure of the CFF, uh, parents, adults with CF have not just an occasional uh, word or two, they have a strong voice and it's really grown over the years. So your point is well taken. Are you going to NACFC? Am I going to meet you in person there? I will be at NACFC. I'm actually giving a talk as one of the roles of the our ex officio chairs of the CF Center Committee. I'm giving a, a talk on how to prepare for site visits. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And can you give us a little a little preview of what you would tell parents how to prepare for? Well, you know, well, I think to be honest, because every CF site visit, so every single care center is site visited every five years. Okay. Uh, You're talking about something different than I'm talking about. I think I misunderstood you. Yes. Okay. Are you talking about the CF Foundation coming to your clinic or are we talking? Yes. Okay. I was thinking parents, but anyways, that's good to know though. Well, to your point though, parents are asked to participate in that process. So there's there's usually a handful of parents who are asked to have a conversation with the site visit. So uh, yeah, it it is. We want to hear their voice. And we want our families to be deadly honest. What they love, what's okay, what they don't like. Uh, because that's the only way that we're really going to move the ball forward. And all CF care centers know that there's always things that we can improve upon, right? As a parent, uh, we know that there's no such thing as perfection. And although we strive for it, it's just that. Everybody's a work in progress. So, Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I'm always trying to improve my podcast. I'm always trying to improve my events. Like, you know, like, oh my gosh, this so didn't work. I can't do that next year. I mean, it's very helpful when someone says, Mm -hmm. Laura, that did not work or that backfired. Or it's like, oh my gosh, so much better to know to make the event or whatever it is better. It's so helpful, right? Exactly. How has the CF Modulator's how, what kind of role has that played in your clinic? Are you seeing, obviously, usually a lot of benefit, even though not the entire CF population can, you know, be helped by this? How is it impacting your clinic? Yeah, hugely. It's benefiting the patients hugely. With our healthy young people, it's often just making their life easier, meaning they'll comment and say, wow, you know, my Billy is putting on weight in ways that I did not see that, you know, six months ago before he was on modulators. Uh, or now he gets through colds just like everybody else in the house. You know, we don't have to come back to our CF care center to think about, well, does he need a course of oral antibiotics? I hope he doesn't need to be admitted for two weeks of IV antibiotics, you know, things like that. And so it's very tangible, some subtle, some obvious uh, perceptions from the families. Uh, on our end, 
it's a pleasant uh, change in our workflow because we have to be mindful of drug-drug interactions. With all four of the modulators, uh, there's a tremendous potential for drug-drug interactions. And so we scrutinize that now with the pharmacist with every visit. And so that pharmacist can make sure that that person is staying on track, that the care center that we're monitoring uh, liver functions, in the first year of life mainly, but even in subsequent years with their annual labs, we still want to make sure that the liver is tolerating the CFTR modulators. And uh, then more recently, we've launched a quality improvement project to help determine and help our families figure out if their child who is now on modulators for more than a year uh, actually need their pancreatic enzymes anymore. Uh, wow. It, yeah. It's amazing, but very clear that some people, and we just don't know yet who are going to be the beneficiaries and who are not, but when they've been on modulators for an extended period of time, there is a segment of the population who needed pancreatic enzymes, but no longer need them anymore. And so we're looking at our uh, CF care center with the pediatric population to determine who's going to benefit by that. Interesting. I feel like I could talk to you for a couple more hours, but um, unfortunately, we have to wrap it up. Is there something else that you want to talk about in regards to the clinic or what you're doing or your hopes for the future in the CF community? Well, I, I think I'll leave you with our hope. Uh, we've seen the median lifespan uh, catapult in a very short period of time, which is fabulous. You know, with the drop in lung transplantation, because our previous lung transplant candidates no longer need it because they're so much healthier, to the CF baby boom, you know, adult uh, women who want to start a family and can successfully start a family, that's been a tremendous boon for them. And yet our work is not done. We really have to focus on this last 10% to make sure that they can benefit every bit as much as those who have seen the blessings of modulators. So that's a big part of our work and focus. So we're looking forward to all the great ideas that the CFF is developing, the different institutions throughout the country, and then look forward to the work of our own local CFTRP to see what that group is going to come up with over the next decade. Well, thank you, Dr. John Schuen. I really appreciate your time and was excited to just shed a little light on Grand Rapids because what you're doing over there is great and all the doctors and staff and nurses are incredible. So thank you. Well, thank you for your time and I really appreciate it. The original music in this podcast is performed by Kevin it's Allen, complicated. who happens to have cystic we fibrosis. This has been the Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast. For more information and to learn more about the Bonnell Foundation, visit our website at thebonnellfoundation.org. That's the B-O-N-N-E-L-L foundation.org. This podcast was sponsored by Beatrice, Genentech, and Vertex. It was produced by Jagged Detroit Podcasts. Follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now.